0: Matthew 16, are you there? I want us to talk about this morning, as the Lord would enable us, Christmas and the law of Christ. Matthew 16. In Matthew 16, beginning about verse 13 here. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Jesus looked at them and asked them a question. Who do people say I am? Does it matter who you say He is? This is one of the most important questions you'll ever answer. Because answering this wrong and believing wrong about it is the difference between eternal life and eternal death. The difference between heaven and hell. That's not an exaggeration. That's not just being sensational. It's the truth. What you believe about Jesus, who you believe he is, What you believe He is, is the difference between heaven and hell, life and death, eternity. Some things are not that big of an issue. Some things are, you know, you can make it believing the wrong thing. Some things are, you know, optional in the the sense of you can still be saved and believe different about it. But this, this... It's not optional. Now, I know sometimes people have different uh, opinions and ideas and say, Well, there's many ways to salvation and many ways to God. And people are worshiping gods by other names, but it's the same God, just a different name. No, it is not. No, it is not. And we're all brothers. You know, there's just one God and we're all brothers and sisters. No, the Bible says not so. Not so. There's the family of Satan. Right? And those who don't receive the Lord. And there's the family of God. And you must be, Jesus said, not not should be, ought to be, could be, must be born again. Right? And he that comes to God must, they didn't say should, could, ought to, must believe that he is And you must believe he's a good God. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How many can say with a smile, I believe he is. I believe he is. I believe Jesus is his son. I believe he's a good God. He'll bless you. Well, I see I'm in the right church. Okay. All right. Well, we didn't talk about this this morning. Whom do men say I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Well, some say, you know, things haven't changed, have they? I mean, (laughs) some folks say he's John the Baptist. And some say he is Elijah. And others say, I think he's Jeremiah. And some say, Well, he's one of the prophets. You know, you don't want to go with the majority. And you don't want to ask other folk what they think and just believe what they say. Because some say this, isn't it that way today? Some say that. Some say, you know, well, Jesus was a good man and uh, his teachings you can follow. But you know all this about him being virgin born and him being raised from the dead. That's just folklore and all that kind of thing. And some say that. Some say Jesus is not the Messiah. We're still waiting on the Messiah. Some say this. Some say that. Notice the next phrase. But Jesus said what? Jesus Jesus said, who do you say? Whom say you that I am? I mean, it comes back to us, doesn't it? It's not enough for you to go out of here and say, Brother Keith believes. Well, this is what they preached down at my church. Hmm? How many know when Jesus was in the, in the wilderness being tempted by the devil? He didn't say, Rabbi so-and-so says. <laughs> did He He didn't say, this is what they teach that, taught down at the synagogue last Sabbath. This is what we believe down at the church. No, what did he say? It yes. is written. And he knew it for himself. Yes, That's right. right? He's speaking for himself. You need to take uh, personal responsibility for what you believe. You need to know what you believe. And it doesn't need to be shaken by what somebody else believes differently around about you. Man, we live in a time where political correctness is held above other things. And people are flexible about what they believe depending on who they're around. You know, you see, this with some of the candidates for the presidency. man uh, like, like my father in the faith, uh, Brother Kenneth Hagan used to say, he said, they're just anybody's dog that'll hunt with them. <laughs> now, do you understand that or not? What, what does that mean, just anybody's dog that'll hunt with them? Well, they're, they're whatever they're around, right? Well, what do you believe about this? Well, where are we? What group are we with today? Well, I'm that. Hmm. Well, where are we tomorrow? Oh, well, we believe differently. Well, we're we're flexible. We're we're inclusive, and and people want us to be broad-minded about salvation. Well, couldn't there be other ways to salvation into heaven? Couldn't there be other ways to the Father? Come on, now. I mean. You're saying all these millions of people are wrong about this and wrong about that. Jesus is the only way, only way. Y'all are just narrow-minded and saved. The Bible said that there's a broad way that leads to destruction. And there's a lot of folk that find it. But there is a straight and there is a... Narrow. What does that mean? Only that way. That way and no other. You can't be a Christian and believe there's other ways to be saved. If you believe there's other ways to God, you're not a Christian. Because Jesus, the Christ, who started this Christian thing, (laughs) the Christ said, nobody comes to the Father except by and through me. That's what he said. And if you're a Christian, you have to believe what the Christ said. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> well, he said, who do you say that I am? So it matters. You, you do not need to quote mama or daddy or your preacher or somebody you heard or saw. What do you say? I know years ago I was going to Rama. I'm learning about the Bible and. But I, I don't have a lot of higher education. I'm not a doctor of divinity. Not knocking that. But a friend of mine was getting his uh, uh, doctorate. And so I'm interested to find out, you know, what he's learning that I, I didn't learn. And so I asked him some questions. I, a particular thing I was studying at the time in the book of Romans. And I asked him, because, man, he's getting a lot of good higher education. I said, well, what, what about that? He said, "Well, he said, Professor So and So says that such and such and such and such and such and such." I said, "Okay." He said, "But also other Professor So and So states such and such and such, completely opposite opinion and position." And he said, "But also other Professor So and So." And he gave me about five professor so-and-sos. He was well-read. I said, okay, all right. I said, what do you believe? He said, well... I see some merit in Professor So and So's, but I also see some merit in other Professor So and So. And I also, and while he's talking, I'm thought, man, I hope you don't have to stand on this anytime soon, because you don't know what you believe. <laughs> You've cataloged a bunch of theories and information, but you don't know what you believe. You need to know what you believe. Yeah. Not what somebody else believes, you need to know what you believe. Yes. Jesus said, Who do you say? How many understand He's doing it? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And how many know that, that when you stand before the Lord on that day, you're not going to be able to call Mama for help or Daddy or nobody. <laughs> it's just you, right? And you can't say, well, they told me wrong. They led me wrong. I didn't know. I wasn't sure. They confused me. You might sell that to somebody else, but it ain't going to cut it with Jesus. He's going to want to what do you say about me? Jesus is asking. And he's asking that to everybody all over the planet today. What do you say about me? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's not good enough. You need to make up your mind. And it's not enough just to believe in him. We're going to talk about this as we go. You must love him. (laughs) How many in here would say today, I don't just believe in Jesus as a historical figure I love him. I love him. Now, this this will help you determine a real Christian. You show me somebody that really knows the Lord, that really is born again, every time they love him. They love him. He's not just an idea to them. He's not just a historical figure who taught good things. They know him. And people laugh and scoff at us just, just a while back. You know, people were making some snide remarks about people like me and others talking about well, they claim they talk to the Lord and they claim He talks to them and they claim he know, he, they know Him. And one person said, nobody can genuinely know God no matter what they say. Well, I disagree. <laughs> Not only can you know Him, We do. Now, a man with an experience is never at a disadvantage to a man with an argument. You might know what I'm talking about or not. You know, somebody comes and tells you, there ain't no water in the pool. No water in the pool. There is no water in the pool. And you in the pool, wet, doing the backstroke. There ain't no water in it. They can't tell you there's no water in the pool. You're wet. Amen. Glory to God. Right? Yes. And no matter what kind of theories or arguments that people have, we're wet. Yes. We're wet with the reality of God. We're wet with the presence of Him. We know where we were then and we know where we are now. We know we were blind, but now we can see. We know we were lost, but now we are saved. We know it. We know it. No theory. We know it. We walk with Him by faith. But we don't just believe in Him As a figure, we love him. Somebody say love. We we love him. Do you love the Lord Jesus? Do you love him? He said, whom say you that I am? And Peter spoke up. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also to you, you are Peter. And upon this rock, the rock that he had just pronounced about him being the Christ, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Who is the Christ? Only the greatest one that has ever lived. Only the the greatest thing that ever happened to mankind. Right? The Christ. What you believe about this determines everything. Amen. Everything. Life and death. Heaven and hell. Amen. Your quality of life here as well as after this life. Now, this is the Christmus season for a few people. Other folks, it's become holiday time and all other kind of stuff. And can you see that there is a push to take the Christ out of Christmas? Hmm? Do you know what it is? The Bible talks about it it's the spirit of anti Christ, it's in the world. And sadly, in this country, it's on the increase. It's already increased far beyond this in other parts of the world. But we need to know what we think. We don't just need to be indignant about it. We need to know what we believe. And it's not just what you believe about Christmas. It's what you believe about the Christ. The Christ. Go with me to 1 John, please. When he said, who, who do you say that I am? What did Peter say? You are the Christ, not, not a Christ, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Is that what you believe? Yes. If you're not sure, you need to get sure. 1 John 2. 1 John 2. And uh, 18, 1 John two eighteen, he said, little children, it is the last time. Well, if it was the last time then, it must be the last of the last time now. Nobody's ever been as last as we are right now. It's never been later than it is right now. And as you have heard that antichrist, everybody say that word. Made up of two words, isn't it? Anti, what does anti mean? Basically means against. And then what's the other word? Christ. Christ. What does the word Christ mean? Christ means the anointed one. And in reference, it is in reference to the Messiah, the sent one, the one who was to come who would be the anointed one, the Savior of all mankind, the Redeemer of all mankind, the one anointed of God to be our Messiah, Redeemer. The Christ. The anointed one. So what is this? Anti-what? Anti-anointed one, against the anointed one, against the Messiah, the Redeemer. Are there people who are against the anointed one? I mean, there's all kinds of places throughout our country. It's sad. You can put up all the Santa Clauses and reindeer and, 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 and candles. You want to. But just don't put up a manger scene, right? You can talk all about seasons and and Santa and elves, right? And 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 season holiday cheer, but don't use the word what? What's the what's the word that they don't want to hear? Christ. Ooh, that's like a bad word. But it's the best word. It's the, there's never been a better word. <laughs> Lord, now, we can't control what everybody else does at their house, at their, their place. But don't let them come a telling us right. <laughs> what to do at our place. That's right? right? We're going to talk about the Christ. Yes. And not just on December. Well, if you don't like hearing about the Christ, you won't like being around us because we are the Christiest people you've ever been around. (laughs) I mean, it's Christ this, Christ that, Christ in the morning, Christ at noontime, Christ when the sun goes down, Christ, the anointed one, the Savior of the world. Well, now you just need to keep your religion at home to keep your religion to yourself because people have a right to believe in other things. There are no other things. (laughs) I know that sounds like quite a statement, but if you are a real Christian, you have to believe that, that there is no other legitimate religion or way to God. I know people don't like to hear that, but if you believe there are other acceptable ways, you're not a Christian. We've already been th- I know some folks don't like that. But to be a Christ is one who believes and follows the Christ yes, and believes what the Christ said. Yes, and the Christ said he is the only way. Yes, Nobody can come to the Father except by and through him. Amen. Do you believe that or not? Yes, I believe it. So the Christ is everything. He said uh, in verse 18, he said, uh, you have heard that antichrist shall come and even now are there many antichrists whereby we know it's the last time. So more antichrist, antichristism is an indication of the lateness of the hour. And as things progress, we we don't like to think about it, but apparently it'll get worse. And yet the church can get stronger. Be more to irritate them about, I guess. (laughs) We do not have to back down. We do not have to, to soft pedal. We do not have to hide. We are not ashamed of the gospel. Of the Christ, we're not ashamed of the Christ, Amen. and and if others don't believe it, they need to believe it. Okay. If others don't believe the same about Him, they need to. Their eternity depends on it. Yes, it and us be backing off will act like that they could possibly be right. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you know, sometimes people think, well, I don't want to, you know, stand out. I I don't want to make a splash. I don't want to make a wave. But Friend, you don't want somebody looking at you in the time to come. And they are standing being judged because they did not believe in the Lord and they are not going to heaven and they look at you and they knew you in this life and they say, well, you knew this was the only way. Why Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you stand up? Why didn't you let me know it was this serious? Now, their salvation is not riding on our shoulders. I don't mean to imply that. But at the same time, we need to believe what we believe, and we need to be bold about it. Yes, sir. Not try to push it down somebody's throat, but they, they need to see immediately that there ain't no way they're going to change us. Amen. Our beliefs are not flexible in that regard. We're not just anybody's dog and will hunt with them. The truth is the truth. It doesn't change. It doesn't change generation to generation or state to state or election to election. Can you say praise the Lord or, or something? <laughs> uh, go down to the fourth chapter. Are we seeing Antichrist? Antichrist? The, the phrase, in fact, I, as I looked it up and studied it, it, it means something else too. Antichrist means against the Christ. That's as the first and obvious meaning. It also means instead of. Mm-hmm. Yes, instead of the Christ. And boy, we are really seeing that in the so-called Christmas season. Yes, Not only are there many that are against the Christ, they want to replace the Christ with something else, right? And this is not okay either, right? Who should our children think more of and be more excited about? Santa Claus or Jesus? Should they be almost equal? We need to watch about things replacing the Christ, filling up the, the thoughts and the times the, the, instead of the Christ. In the fourth chapter, First John 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the Spirit's test whether they are of God because many false prophets are going out into the world. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of anti-Christ whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already it is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now specifically, who and what was he talking about that was in the world? Antichrist. Now you see people get, they get dark and somber in talking about, Oh, the spirit of Antichrist. Spirit of Antichrist is coming in taking over. Taken over. He didn't say that. What did he say? He said, it's in the world. There are many that's against the Christ. He said, but greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is the Spirit of Christ in us than the Spirit of Antichrist against us. <laughs> say it out loud. Greater, greater is the Spirit of Christ, spirit of Christ. in me and on, me, and on me than the spirit of Antichrist, spirit of Antichrist against, us. against us. What does that mean? It means we're going to come out. We're going to, no matter what. We're going to come out on top. We are overcomers. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us, the Christ, and rose again from the dead, the Christ, and is sitting at the right hand of the Father for us, the Christ, and is coming back again soon, the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. That's what we want to emphasize, who he is, what he is. Now, as so, you know, a number of people, you want to talk about this subject and people that are wanting to take Christ out of Christmas, you'll get a lot of folks stirred up and even angry and even upset and they want to fight for, you know, the, and what they don't realize is most of what they're trying to fight for is tradition. Because so much of what's so-called Christmas has little to do with the Christ. In fact, do you know of anywhere in the Bible where the Lord told us to have Christmas? Are you with me now? So much of what has happened is tradition. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's wrong to families to get together, give each other gifts. I mean, that's a godly thing, and particularly if you'll emphasize the Christ. But you don't have to just wait till the end of the year to do that. Right? How many think we should emphasize the Christ in January and March and June and August and every month, right? Don't get hung up on defending your traditions when you're talking about Christmas versus holiday season. You know, so much of it's commercial anyway, so much of it is about, you know, selling stuff. You know that. Don't get cynical don 't get negative don 't go around you know bitter and upset well this ain 't right i 'm trying to fake Christ out of christmas <laughs> ain 't right ain 't right well, make yourself be honest with yourself. what is it you 're really upset about? a whole lot of it is your tradition tradition what would what would please Jesus about this if if, if the master was here in the flesh where we could see him this morning. And, and I said, here's the master. I'm going to go sit down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the right? i mean it'll be time to sit down. No, <laughs> <laughs> the master is with us this morning, and he's going to tell us what he wants us to do during the so-called Christmas season. Hmm? And, and, we could, and he could comment to us what he thinks about it. What do you think? What, what's important to him? You know, is, is it the Christmas tree? Is it the ornaments? Is it the uh, turkey and uh, dressing? <laughs> is it the big meal? Is it making sure that you're with family and friends on this particular day above every other day? Is, it, is all of that the big deal to him? Do you see what I'm saying? Let's, let's get separated in our minds our Christianity and this tradition called Christmas. There's something we need to know about, need to keep in mind. I, believe, I know he would tell us uh, what he's already said to us. I know he, he wouldn't say anything different to us from what he's already said in the Word. And notice something in the Word in the book of Galatians. Are y'all okay? We didn't lose some, lose some steam there, did we? <laughs> we do need to keep it straight, don't we? Because the enemy is subtle. The devil is deceptive. He's tricky, isn't he? And the spirit of Antichrist is not just blatant against Christ, but what else did we say that means? Instead of. And especially, you know, folks like you and me and, and other people who, who really do genuinely believe in the Lord, uh, he knows just trying to get us to be against the Christ ain't happening. Right? That, that blatant... Be against the Christ. That's not happening with us. So what would he work more on us about? Replacing him subtly. Having having things that really are not of the Lord. He didn't tell us to do. He's not even interested in. But we fill up our time and our proceedings and our life and service and days with these this stuff. That's, not, that's instead of Him. In Galatians, the sixth chapter, I believe this is something, I know this is something that is important to the Christ. Something He's told us in the Word, He'd tell us the same thing if we were looking at Him this morning. He does not change. Galatians 6 and verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. You know, you never want to look at somebody in a bad way or in serious sin and shake your head and disdain and go, how could they do that? I'd never do that. Then you are not you not, not exhibiting meekness and you are not considering yourself because the truth is, we've heard it said, but this is the truth, except for the grace of God, you'd be right there or worse. Is that right? If you've been able to stand where somebody else fell, it ain't time to brag. It's time to give glory to God for being merciful to you and good to you. Yes, sir. Thank you Lord. Is that right? Yes. And so people who do, you which are spiritual, people who do have some real maturity about them and are growing up spiritually, they know that. Yes. People who are quick to judge, come down hard on people and talk about, I'd never do that, I could never, do. how could they do that? That's somebody who, if they're born again, they're an ignorant baby and full of pride. But keep reading. He said, uh, verse 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill what? The The law of Christ. Let's read that out loud together. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now put up, if you would, on the screen Isaiah ten twenty seven. Isaiah ten twenty seven, if y'all could. What is the law of Christ? Stay with me just a minute here. What is the law of Christ? Bearing, Bearing one another's what burdens. burdens. Now we're talking about Christmas, and a whole lot of what that has become has nothing to do with the Christ. Uh, it, Christ mass which had to do with a mass or a service commemorating the birth of the Christ but not only has the Christ been born he lived yes, sir. right he went to the cross he paid the price he was crucified and died he's been raised from the dead yes literally yes physically And He's ascended on high and is set down at the right hand of majesty until He comes again. But having accomplished this, what is His will for us in December or any other time? He said, Fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of the Christ? If we were interested... Really, in a, in a so-called proper Christmas for Christians, wouldn't it involve the law of the Christ? What is the law of the Christ? Help me out. Bear ye one another's burdens. Now, now, this is not your burden. This is what? One another. Somebody else's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. What defines the Christ? What did the Christ do? What did he do? He took our our sins, didn't he? Uh, Now, now the word burden, if you look it up, it literally means weight or that which presses down. So he's talking about us helping other people with that which is pressing them down that which is pressuring them and pushing them down. How many believe the Lord would care a lot more about that than any peppermint stick <laughs> or red ribbon Amen. or evergreen tree? Yes, sir, huh? Yeah, if he was standing here today, we could say, Lord, what, what matters most to you? That we, how we think, what we do now and also every part of the year. If you really wanted to emphasize the Christ, you'd be thinking about the law yes, sir. of the Christ. Who is the Christ? What is the Christ? He's the anointed one that came to do what? Came to do what? Deliver us from what was weighting us down and pressing the life out of us. Come on. Yes, and if He has delivered us and saved us and set us free and rolled our burdens away... What's he interested in us doing for each other and other people? Getting the burden off of them. Getting the pressure off of them. Getting the loads off of them. That would please the Lord this season and every season. Put it back up. Isaiah ten 27. It'll come to pass in that day that his what? Burden... Shall be taken away from off your shoulder, and his yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed. Why? The what, what does Christ mean? Christ means the anointed one. What is the, the law of the Christ? Come on, is this clicking for you now? The law law of the what? The anointed one. What's the purpose of the anointing on the anointed one? It is to remove the burdens, break off the bondage of the yokes, and the yoke, say it out loud, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Of the Christ. Hallelujah. Who is the anointed one? Yes. And the spirit of the Christ is in us and on us. The spirit of the burden removing, yoke destroying anointing is on you. And in you. Thank you, Lord. How many know we could spend ten thousand dollars on the perfect? Christmas present for a loved one and give it to them and they could un- un- unwrap it but they could still be pressed yes, sir. by something else yes, sir. they could be pushed mm-hmm. and pressed, they could have weight on them yes, sir. weight of sin in their life weight of confusion yes, sir. weight of unfulfilled dreams and, and purposes and desires, the weight of of a failed marriage, the weight of failed relationships with children and grandchildren. Somebody says, well, I, I can't fix that. No, but you know who can. Amen. I said, you know who can. Yes. And you know how he will. Yes, sir. Yes. Glory to God. And God would use you. Yes. And he would use me to lead people to the word, lead people to the master and tell them about faith. And be there ready to pray a prayer of faith with them. And to believe God. What? To get this pressure off. Get this weight off. Get this burden off. How many believe the power of the Christ, the power of the anointing is stronger than any methamphetamine? Stronger than any addiction to pornography or sexual sin? It's stronger than the desire of a pedophile? It's stronger than any lying spirit or deceiving spirit somebody's yield to. Come on. It's stronger than heroin. It's stronger than alcohol. Come on. Yes. This, this anointing yes, is yes. Able, yes. able to remove everything that is pushing down and choking the life out of people. Talk about a Christmas! <laughs> ah, talking about a true Christmas, it's when somebody gets set free, somebody gets saved, somebody gets loosed from their sinful past. Somebody comes to the saving reality of a Jesus that is not just a religion, but a reality. Yes, glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to, God. Glory, to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go to Luke eleven real quickly. I'm I'm glad I came this morning. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Luke, the eleventh chapter. <laughs> you know one of the reasons I'm here this morning? One one big reason? That jet airplane. It's just a fact. I could not have done both of those. Impossible. And I felt like I was supposed to be there. Now, you know, the the quickest way to get around is translation. (laughs) You know, Philip was in one place in the book of Acts. You remember that? And he looked up. He's in another town. He's like, whoa, glory to God. I was just over there. And I'll take some of that too. (laughs) <laughs> but the next best thing I've found is a good fast airplane <laughs> do that <laughs> unless we have that that's the next you know, closest thing we've been able to find thank God for his blessings and ability his prosperity how many believe we ought to have the best of everything to do the work of God you should have the best of everything to do the work of plan of God for your life all the technology that God has given us, He didn't just give it to, to sinners so that they could, you know, sin more and further with it. It, it, was, it was originally given for God's people. In Luke, the 11th chapter, are you there? Luke 11 and 46. And uh, I tell you what, hold your place there and find 1 Corinthians 16. I want to read these together. Luke 11 and 1 Corinthians 16. I hope this is not too simple for you today because this, it doesn't get much more important than what we're talking about. And there are a lot... Of churches, a lot of organizations. There's a lot of religion in the world. And f- from being around some of it and being involved with some of it is why a lot of people no longer go to church and no longer feel the need for any of it because what they were associated with not only didn't help them, it hurt them. I'm talking about millions of people yes, that were forced to go. To church or some service, it's not always called church, but some form of religious service and involvement, forced to go as children. They went out of a sense of duty and they swore to themselves. When they got old enough, they'd never go again. And many have not, like I said, not only have they not been helped, they were hurt. And here's what you see Jesus talked about it. Jesus talked about it in Luke 11. And down about verse uh, 45, Jesus said some things that those particular preachers did not like, made them mad. And one of the lawyers, this is uh, lawyers of the word, they said to him, Master, when you say that, you reproach us too. And he said, well, woe to you, you lawyers. Uh Uh-oh, they shouldn't have spoken up. (laughs) He said, now that you brought it up, you, lawyers, he said, uh, you, lo- you laid men. What does that mean? You load them. You load men. What is the law of Christ? Come on, help me out now. What's the law of Christ? Getting the burdens off. There's no such thing as real Christian ministry that's loading people. Mm -mm. There's no such thing as true ministry of God that's putting burdens and pressures on people and loading them. Because He is the Christ. The anointed one. Burden removing. Yoke destroying. Anointed one. Now these guys... They had multiple degrees in theology. You understand this? And they were highly regarded as the most educated, most developed folks in the religious circles. And they are upset with Jesus about what he has said, and so they remarked, like, you don't mean us too. You're not talking about us now, because when you say that, it kind of bothered us. <laughs> Seemed like maybe you was talking about us, and he said, actually, let me tell you about you. You are loading people. Come on, are you reading this with me? You are loading men with burdens that are grievous to be borne. Oh, Lord, help us never to do that. Help us never to do that. Say it out loud. Help me never to do that in any measure. It is so sad that people come to church. They come to ministers. They come to Christians for help. And they turn, they turn right around and put pressure on them. Pressure, condemnation. Guilt. Shame. They're already loaded with pressure from their life and their mistakes. And here they get more pressure when they come to church. More pressure. Well, it's no wonder people stay away by the millions. <laughs> Who wants more pressure? They already got pressure. That's their problem. They don't need somebody else putting pressure on them. Friend, it doesn't work. Putting pressure on your husband doesn't work. Putting pressure on your wife is not faith and it's not love. Putting pressure on your kids. Putting pressure on your employees. Putting pressure on people you're trying to sell to. Get a contract. None of it is faith. Faith puts no pressure on people. Love puts no pressure on people. In fact, Love and faith gets the pressure off. Gets the burden off. If you you work with love and faith, you'll get free. Can y'all see this? Do you believe it? I want you to say it out loud. Faith Faith puts no pressure pressure on on people. You owe me money. You owe me money. You have to pay me. Actually, they don't. There's billions of dollars that never get paid back yeah but you owe me you told me you was going to do it and you got to do it you got to do it you're not operating in faith you're not operating like the Christ I've told this story numerous times but it will bear repetition before we got the aircraft we flew commercially for 20 years and and, uh, there were times it was such a a problem, we were supposed to speak at a service in a few hours, and uh, flights had been canceled, and the place was a madhouse. I mean, you know how it can get. And I mean, people were chewing out the folks behind the ticket counters. I mean, they were I'd cussing them, calling them names, and, and I, these people were just afraid. The place was just packed with people, and it was, you could feel the tension and animosity. Well, Phyllis and I are standing 50 back in the line or something, and we've got to be there for a service. There's going to be a lot of people waiting for us to come and speak to them. And, and so what do you do? Well, if you're in faith, you trust God. And if you're in faith, you rest in Him. And if you look into Him, you don't put pressure on people. And so we just prayed a little simple prayer. We had already prayed. And we just prayed a simple prayer. Lord, help us to get there. You, you, this is your church services. This is your thing. Help us to get there. We're looking to you. We're trusting you. We finally got up in the line and, and, and Phyllis, she said, well, hi, you know. And uh, the, the person looked. They looked like that poster I saw one time, you know, where this person's eyes was bloodshot and their hair was standing up in every direction. And the caption said, I've got one nerve left and you're on it. They looked like that. I mean, we just heard the people right before us, just talk to them like nobody should talk be talked to that way. And they, they looked at us like, what? <laughs> and we said, well, we, we, we're sorry you're having to deal with this. And we know that uh, uh, you know, things are canceled, but this is where we're going. And and this is, you know, can you, can you check for it? Well, I can check, but everything's canceled. You know that, and, and there's nothing going on. Let's just stop right here. I've seen even preachers chew on people and treat people badly on their way to minister to people. <laughs> this is a people. Right? I'm called. To, you got to get me to minister to the people because I love people. i got to minister to people. And I ain't got time to fool with you because you got to get me <laughs> to the people. I ain't got time to be nice to you. Uh, now, this is a people, yeah, right. right? How many understand you should care more about that person yes. and their life than getting to your destination? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Should you? Yes. And so they begin to they type, you know, and type and type, looked up. And they said, huh, type, type. Well, wow. type, type. Mm. type, 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 yeah. type, type, They said, where's your bags? We said, right here. They said, come follow me. Now, the place is jam-packed. I mean, they took out their little sign. You know, what was it, closed or something? And they put it up there, <laughs> and, and, and we, we trailed along behind them, and the people looked at us like, what did you do? You gave them money. What did you... I and mean, they're staring holes through it. You could feel the tension. And they took us out and a door that said authorized, access only, and, and no admittance. And you know, we followed around. And they brought us out onto this jet right into first class. We weren't booked in first class. And set us down. And smiled. Yes. We said, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. They said, we think, you'll, we think you'll get to your destination in time uh, just a few minutes compared to the other. We said, Oh, Thank you. Thank you. And then they looked at us and said, Those people that were before you that chewed me up, they didn't know it, but I could help them or hurt them. <laughs> yeah. Well, we really thank you for helping us. But let's just stop. What if we'd put pressure on them like everybody else was doing? What if we'd chewed on them? What is the law of Christ? Come on, help me out. To do what? Not put pressure on people. Love doesn't put pressure on people. That includes your own family. Well, that's the only way. I know how to get things done. You know, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. That is not a verse. That is not a scripture. (laughs) How about all things are possible to him that believes... And we which believe have entered into rest. <laughs> he said, verse 46, Woe to you! You load men with burdens grievous to be born, and you yourselves won't touch the burdens with one of your fingers. You won't lift a finger to help get it off of them. You're the ones loading them. You're the ones pressing them and pushing them down. May it never be with us. May this church and this ministry never do that. How about you? Well, we need to know who is the Christ, who he is, what he is in us. Burden removing. Yoke destroying. In 1 Corinthians 16, I think I can close with this. 1 Corinthians 16, he says it like this. 1 Corinthians 16, he's, he's closing this out. And in verse 20, 1 Corinthians sixteen twenty, All the brethren greet you, greet you one another with a holy kiss. The salutation of me, Paul, with my own hand. If any man love not the Lord, Jesus Christ, let him be anathema. Now, that's strong. What does that mean? It means accursed. Accursed. Then he said, Maranatha. That means come, Lord. Let me read another translation to you. If anyone does not love the Lord, let that person be separated from God, lost forever. Come, O Lord. That was the easy to read. Does it make a difference what you believe about the Lord? Was Paul very open-minded about people that didn't love the Lord? Huh? I think sometimes we haven't paid much attention to scriptures like this. Well, you know, you should love the Lord. We hope that you come to sometime. But no, if you don't love the Lord, you're accursed. And He is coming. So it's time to get to it. And and quit messing around and quit believing all this stuff and come give yourself to the Lord completely spirit, soul, and body, and then love Him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and then you won't be cursed anymore. You'll be blessed. And then your burdens will be removed. Your yokes will be destroyed. And then you'll get into the Christ I Am ministry yourself. You will be anointed and greater is the Christ in you than the antichrist that's against you in the world and God will use you. And oh friend, there's not a better life, there's not a better life on this planet than you can find than God equipping you with the gifts of the Spirit, the love of God, the faith of God and you find yourself at the right place at the right time by somebody that's hurting, somebody that's under pressure, This happened to me two or three times this week already. I was around somebody. Let's see, I I made a call on one occasion and I was around somebody in another situation. They were under pressure. You could tell it. They were pressed and the Lord helped me. I didn't quote them nine scriptures but the Lord showed me the right thing to say at the right time. Yesterday at that funeral that I was at, I was kneeling beside somebody that was in a wheelchair talking to them and they looked at me with tears. They were concerned about a particular situation and the Lord gave me a word for them. Hallelujah. And I gave it to them and when I gave it to them they looked at me and they said, really? I quoted scripture to them. They said, really? And I saw the grief just fade off of them i saw the pressure come off of them and they smiled and said well you know that's right i said yes it's right jesus said it they said well that's right they said i needed to hear that today i thought glory glory to god what happened a burden was lifted off pressure was removed Something that was choking them was broken off. What did it? I didn't do it. The anointing did it. The Christ did it. Oh, hallelujah. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Oh, lift your hands and give glory to the Christ. Oh, Father, we worship You. We give You glory. We give You praise. We adore You. We adore You. Come, let us. Adore Him. Come let us adore Him.